basic ass do with a basic ass life I do basic ass reviews on my basic ass times so such a basic ass down on the basic ass rhyme enjoy the basic ass show you basic ass mofo <laughs> let's go welcome to basic ass dudes where you got some basic ass dudes talking about some basic ass dude stuff Joseph and I were swapping out hosting duties on each episode so this one is mine I guess so to speak Oh, and the cat always has to make his uh, his appearance. Um, Joseph, you picked a great topic for our last episode where we talked about di- the zombies and dissected our favorite movies. Every pun intended on that. By um, the way, I do want to mission. I don't mean to cut you off, but I did find that movie. So I'm, I'm yes. glad you brought up the first episode. I did find it. I went to um, a movie exchange, and I wasn't even looking for it. I was actually going to find Coraline for my daughter. And it, there it was in all its glory at the front door. Literally, as soon as you walked in, eight ninety nine for it used. And I bought it, and I actually looked at it. It's a dual-sided disc, so it has the widescreen and the full screen. No scratches on it whatsoever, so I got a good buy. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Good for you, because I, I, I think the next... The next step was to uh, to send you my copy, and I, I wasn't so big on that. So I'm glad that you got your own. What did you think of it? It was great. I I, I loved it. Um, the chick that you the, the nympho that you mentioned, um, banging ass body. Um, loved that part of the movie. Um, the actual the main punk dude made me laugh so hard. Um, just the way he talked and like he was like kind of over the top like yeah. tough guy. So yeah. he was my favorite character um, in the movie. Um, and then just in general to see zombies that can talk was, was pretty fun. Um, so overall, and I think it aged really well, you know, sitting down watching it never, like I said, I think I saw it when I was younger, uh, but sitting down watching it at 30 something years old and the, the time that we're in now with CGI, seeing the way that that movie aged, it looked really good. Yeah, absolutely. That, that one's got me more excited to actually watch the sequels because I never did watch the sequels to it. So I've got those on my list to tackle next, but really wanted to kind of focus on on uh, the movies in this week's episode. Um, so I've been binging those a little bit. Um, <laughs> it was such a hard challenge to come up with something that was going to top the zombies episode, but I think we found a bit of a special treat this week. Um, today we are going to be doing a bit of a actor showcase, if you will. Um, this actor, he's inspired, uh, and entertained audiences for years. Born in 1965 in Miniola, Long Island. He spent years in community theater and doing improv. And then he found his big break in 1996 during the Montreal Comedy Festival, just for laughs. We are talking about none other than Kevin George Nipfing. Or, as we know him, Kevin James. Kevin James. (laughs) (laughs) Absolute Hollywood icon, Kevin James. Which, you had brought him up to me and I thought, you know, like we both had this, this, um, I guess, um, unwritten love for him. Which was funny because when we were coming up with the idea for what the next episode would be... um, I think people are going to either love this episode or hate this episode based on their love or hate for Kevin James. Um, but I think he, he's, he's, he's got a, a way to my funny bone. So I, I yeah. have, I have so much love for him. Um, you know, and yeah, I'll, I'll, you can see, sorry about that. <laughs> no, I love it. Cause when I first started thinking about, okay, what topics are we going to do for episode two? I, I started to think of like, all right, bad movies that we love. And then I thought of all the the quote unquote bad movies that I love, and I was like, "There's a bit of a theme here 
because Kevin James is in just about every one of them. Um, I've been a huge Kevin James fan. Um, you know, his style, his delivery, his physicality. And that started all the way back in King of Queens days. And I think what really drew me into that was, as a big dude myself, I kind of looked at Kevin James as like, the future older version of me. And he was able to <laughs> land Leah Remini in that show, which was like my, my childhood crush because she's the girlfriend in saved by the bell college years. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, if Kevin James is with Leah Remini in here, there's hope for, for <laughs> big dudes all over the world. So, um, turns out that actors and sitcoms aren't actually married to each other. Funny story. <laughs> but I would, isn't, is King of Queens one of the first, cause I know that there became, this thing with sitcoms where it was always like an overweight dude and a super hot wife. Um, is I don't know if I'm wrong there or not, but isn't King of Queens one of the first sitcoms that kind of delve, like kind of started that trend, if you will, of like yeah. hot wife, fat dude. <laughs> yeah, it may have been. And really it kind of painted the MO for his career because in every movie, he just seems to be with a Hollywood bombshell, whether it's Selma Hayek, Rosario Dawson, or, Adam Sandler. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Adam Sandler, I think, um, again, it's one of those guys that, like, he's part of that that group of people. So, um, you know, know, I I guess you got to kind of give Adam Sandler his dues as far as that, when he kind of helped uh, Kevin James really skyrocket to that next level. Um, There's, you know, a group of them that, of those comedians that kind of stuck together uh, and built that community. And uh, a lot of the movies that he's in are either done by, you know, Madison, was it Madison Productions? Or, yeah. Uh, you know, or Adam Sandler has his hands somewhere uh, in, in in the film, which, uh, you know, I, I'm, I love Adam Sandler too, so. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think he's helped build the careers uh, of Kevin James and Rob Schneider, David Spade to a lesser extent because he had a pretty good career before all that. Um, And then these guys just kind of keep doing movies together. Some are good, bad, and some are bad, bad. And we'll probably touch on that today. Last last episode, we did a bit of a top three. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there was necessarily... I've got my top three movies, but um, we can kind of go through uh, his list of, of movies and TV and kind of talk about the ups and the downs in all of them. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I really don't have a starting place either. That was kind of it. Like, hey, let's just talk Kevin James. But um, going back to King of Queens, that was really, really that start. Um, you know, you've got Kevin James, Leah Remini, Patton Oswald is in there, um, Jerry Stiller. Like, you've got this incredible cast of funny people all together in a sitcom that lasted 10, 11 years. Like it, it had a really good sitcom run. And I think that obviously kind of launched uh, Kevin James to the next level in his career um, and brought him to the very first movie that he did or big movie that he did, which was Hitch alongside uh, Will Smith. And that before we even started recording, that was the movie that I had pointed out to you. That that's kind of that's my favorite movie with him in it, um, and I didn't I was unaware that that was his first like real big movie until you mentioned it, and then like yeah I went and I'm looking at his IMDb right now. He didn't really do much uh, of super importance as far as like lead role um, until Hitched. Now I like that movie just based on 
my own personal life growing up. Um, my so let me put it this way: when I grew up in high school, middle school and high school, I was known as quote unquote the ladies' man, but I was far from that. I was more of the guy friend. Uh, I just have a way with females as far as you know the kind of guy I am that girls just like they felt comfortable around me. They like to surround themselves around me, um, and. Yeah, I, I had to grow up being that guy of like, oh, you know, I really like you, but I don't want to ruin our friendship. I ran into that a lot. So, um, you know, me, I think a lot of that came from also just being raised by nothing but women. You know, I, I didn't have my dad was was non-existent. Um, and so I was just raised. I have a, a sister, my mom, and I have a bunch of uh, tias. So I was just raised around a bunch of women. And um, so there's that sensitive side. So to watch Hitch... And um, be have friends tell me I remind them of Will Smith in that movie as far as, like, I was never the guy that had the nuts to go and ask a girl out, but I could help my friends get girlfriends. So I was, I was good at giving advice, and uh, I'd be like, hey, man, you know, do this, do that, blah, 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 and then they would end up dating girls that they thought were way out of their league. Um, so that's what ultimately brought me into the hitched world as far as being interested in watching the movie because a a buddy of mine uh jerry was like hey man you're like will smith and hitch have you seen it yet and i was like nah man he's like you should watch it like will smith that's you and so i watched it and started laughing but that was when i really kind of fell in love with kevin james and which what's funny is at the time i didn't even put it together that kevin james and hitch was kevin james from king of queens um you know i was too young and dumb to really kind of connect those together i just saw him as that character and uh just his goofiness in that movie there's um there's only certain actors i think that can encapsulate like being that goofy but still have it feel genuine like i I believe that that was a real person i know people that are like that um so i think he just again maybe it's because he's like a white white overweight dude and he's got like that dad vibe um, that really uncool vibe by vibe about him, but he's like genuine in the way he uh, he has like soft eyes, and I know that sounds kind of a a little <laughs> off there, but he I think he really captured that character well, and that that's what made me love Kevin James, and like I said, that's why he has uh, a soft spot a soft spot in my heart and kind of hits me in my funny bone because when I see him, I see. A, a few of my friends in him. And I'm like, yeah, I know that guy. <laughs> yeah. You always got the Will Smith comparison. I always get the Kevin James compare comparison. So <laughs> it's probably more based on a, on appearance, but I, I think that's a tough movie to follow up because that is such a good movie. It's, it's funny, but it's not slapsticky like a lot of his other films that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely a little bit more more serious. You've got the star power in Will Smith, um, and it's a really sweet movie to the core. It's funny. Um, it's it's well written. It's well acted. It's well directed. So I kind of keep that one separate because that's like, okay, that's that's a really good movie on its own. And not to mention uh, one of his highest rated movies on IMDb. Well, he's also uh, not the focal point of the movie. He's like a secondary character. Like it's, yeah. the story follows Will Smith. So you have, like you said, that Will Smith power. You have was Eva Mendez is in there as well. Yeah. And like, so you have that hotness standing next to Will Smith. So that's where the, the, the base of that movie is. But when you have the secondary character coming in and you get to like see his story, it doesn't p- 
pull away from the main story. Um, yeah. And, and it, it's, it doesn't derail at all, which is, which is what makes it great. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely one of my favorites. Now, if we kind of move up the timeline a little bit, this is one that I know that you, you and I disagreed on uh, in, in the pre-show conversation. <laughs> you wait to get to this one, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and his first movie with Adam Sandler, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. I love this movie. One, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you right off the bat. Um, I know this is a Kevin James episode, but there are two other main reasons why I love this movie, and one of them is my homeboy from episode one, Vin Rames. He's in this movie as well, and there's something about seeing Vin Rames play a killer and a gangster and a badass and all these other movies, and then to see him in this movie, and he's this really flamboyant gay dude that is hiding behind the exterior of this tough guy. He, he, he just captures it so well. And it's so left field from what I'm used to seeing Vin Rames as that seeing him in the movie this way, it's that shower scene where he starts singing it, that like, to me, that's one of the funniest parts of the movie. Um, the second reason is, uh, Jessica Biel. Uh, she's in this movie and, of course, when it came out, I was a lot younger. I was going through, my hormones were going through the roof. So to see <laughs> the scene with her and Braun panties and Adam Sandler's like, ew, icky. And he like, that's another one of my favorite scenes in that movie. Um, Chuck and Larry. So you have Adam Sandler and Kevin Smith. To me. Kevin he, James. Uh, Kevin Other James, Kevin's sorry. great too. But. <laughs> Both fat guys. Uh, Kevin yeah. James, excuse me. <laughs> um, but I know they're the main idea of this behind this movie. Um, but for me. Um, Vin Rames, Kevin Bill, kind of still the uh, Jessica Bill, still the movie. <laughs> Too many Kevins, man. Right? <laughs> that was a uh, weird Freudian slip, eh? <laughs> um, but yeah, they capture the movie for me. And then, of course, Nick Swartzen uh, is in it as well. And he just plays a flamboyant character like all the time. That's just who he is. Um, so th- those people make the movie for me. I also just like the idea of the movie. Um, it may have been poorly executed maybe is maybe why you don't like it i don't know but for me i like the 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 concept of you know kevin james has has a wife and a family he's a firefighter and he's a man that puts his life on the line um every single day and then the fact that when he loses his wife he starts thinking about well what would happen to me if i leave i don't want my kids to end up in the system you know it, it it kind of it becomes real almost even though it's a comedy there's still that realness that underlines everything where it's like, man, like uh, our system's kind of screwed up sometimes, you know, and, and these guys have to fight to find a loophole um, to make things okay within their circle. Um, So I I do like that. Uh, Some of it, I think you just, you just described a whole different movie there. (laughs) It feels (laughs) like, cause that's a movie that sounds almost good. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't the movie I watched. (laughs) (laughs) The movie I watched, this one came out in 2007, and and albeit the world was a bit of a different place then, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're obviously a lot more in tune with a lot of important subjects, um, you know, uh, LGBTQ community now is, um, you know, I think got a lot more respect, a lot more understanding, a lot more, um, a, a bigger place in the world, and it's a safer place. This movie was tone deaf in 2007 and it's tone deaf in 2021, probably even more. Um, it just, 
it seemed to almost poke fun at the community rather than be inclusive and welcoming. And, and, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not in the community, but I can imagine as somebody who is watching that movie that you go, Oh, I can identify with this character on screen. And then for those, you know, for straight people watching that movie, I feel like they'd have the same problem. They can't go, well, I, I can identify with that character too. It just seemed like there was a whole big ambiguity around like, who is this movie being made for? It's so wrong. <laughs> now there was funny parts in it and there's certainly it's slew of, uh, of great actors in there. But for me, it's just like, that's the movie that I would take out of his, his catalog entirely, put it in a dumpster and never revisit again. Um, it <laughs> well, hasn't see, gotten for, any rewatch. See for me, like I, I've, I've recently watched that movie. So I'm, I'm still kind of fresh on, on the, on the movie itself. Like, and I didn't even watch it for this episode. I just watched it with the family a couple months ago just to watch it. And that's, you know, tackling the whole like gay community and stuff. For me personally, you know, I'll just put that out there. When I watch a movie, um, I typically don't try to find a character that I can lend, like leech onto and, and la- or latch onto rather and be like, you know, I want to identify with that character. Uh, I watched the movie where I'm a little different is like we were saying in the, in the first episode, I like to put myself in scenarios for sure. Um, but I don't ever try to find, identify myself with particular characters. Um, you know, and that's a whole other topic we could talk about on another time, but I I don't ever try to identify myself with anybody. I take the characters as, as is, um, and then I try to watch their development throughout the movie. And that's one of the things that I loved about, you know, with Adam Sanders, Adam Sandler's character, um, you know, mo- on the on the surface, he he comes off as like almost like a homophobe, um, or anti-gay or whatever you want to call him. Um, but as the movie progresses, you start to see he starts to see the world differently. Um, because one, everybody in in the gay community always point him out as being the bottom, as being the the, the female in 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 the in the group and he automatically thinks like nah i'm the man you know i'm i'm a ladies man i get all these girls like kevin james would be the bottom not me and then you know you get like jessica bill telling him we have soft eyes and there's something about you that you know that's feminine you know and over time he starts to kind of accept it and then again there's the the scene um when they're at the party and nick swartzen's being all flamboyant in his little fairy costume and he's jumping around and stuff but when they're leaving and um, you have the protesters out outside outside the the building, and they're they're talking about it's an abomination and blah 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 blah. And uh, you know, I I totally agree. I think you know if whatever you do behind closed doors is 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 your you know what you do. I I, I have no say. Who am I to tell somebody what they can and can't do with their own bodies, with the people that they love, stuff like that. And that's kind of what I loved about that was that um, you know Adam Sandler had this kind of revelation if you will uh, in that scene where you know the word the term fag or gay or whatever that they were so loosely used between him and all his dude friends his bros um and then being a part of that community for such a short time he he saw how it affected people and then you know they even do that scene where they pan across and they're they're showing you know couples crying and holding each other and and uh one of them one of the the preachers ends up calling Adam Sandler a fag during that and then they get into a whole fight about it because he's like you know don't use that term no more you know so you get to see his growth through that movie um even though he's st- he still won't kiss Kevin James that's the line he won't cross <laughs> um 
you know, but for me, that's again, that's one of the reasons why I do like that movie in the sense of if we're looking at it from the lens of the LGBTQ, yes, you have, um, it, you know, um, uh, what's the word, uh, like blown up versions of what, uh, outsiders view the gay community as, um, but th- there's also points in there that kind of give it that nice balance so you have exaggerate there's the word i was looking for exaggerated versions like you have nick swartz and and then even with uh vin rames he he kind of is overboard at times but um again i think it's it's there for comedic um for a comedic factor in the sense of like i know when i took drama in high school um they would always tell us like when we're acting to be you know, go over the threshold, be really extreme in your motions and, and the way you do things. And you may feel goofy doing it, but it sells it a lot better, you know? Um, but overall, I think that, that again, this is just my opinion from, from my perspective. Um, I, I did pr- appreciate the growth that Adam Sandler goes through. Um, and then again, also the entire firehouse too, you know, they, they, they were extreme, uh, in their homophobia in the beginning. And, uh, it took Adam Sandler to have to be on the other side to see how he was acting uh, towards a community that he's now uh, unbeknownst to him as he's a part of now. And he's seeing how he's being treated, even though he's not um, gay, he's acting as such for a friend of his. And he's seeing how his, his buddies, these people who he, you know, he, he risked his life for, um, how they're acting. And then they even had to do a complete 180. And there's a scene with Kevin James too. That's very powerful that I loved when he's talking to, um, the, uh, the, the firefighters in, in the firehouse. And he's like, Oh, you know, I guess he was, uh, Adam Sandler wasn't too gay to go into that burning building and help you out when you needed it. And, you know, he wasn't too gay to help you and this and that. And he's like basically pointing out specifics to people and he's like really drilling it into them. For me, that was like, hell yeah. Like, I, I'm I'm on board with that. Like, just because somebody says that they're they're a certain way, like th- that's not going to change my view about you, especially if I've known you for years. Um, you know, and and now watching the movie, uh, coming from the political climate that we're in, uh, coming from you know the division that I've been seeing among friends and family, um, and being on the receiving end of of being called things that I'm not, um, definitely, um. It, it puts things into perspective for me. So, you know, I, I tend to view that, that those type of scenes a little bit differently. Um, but uh, it, I, it's funny because now talking about it, it's like <laughs> I like the movie, but I never really dove into why I liked it. And yeah, so, yeah, I guess that's why I, I, I kind of <laughs> like, you know, I pronounce you Chuck and Larry. I, I think there's a there's a, a underlying um, message there um, of, of growth and change. Um, and f- for that reason, I think, I think that I, I, I like that movie, even though some of the jokes are a little, eh, I, I think, uh, uh, even Rob Schneider's super funny in that movie. Uh, the whole slap scene where he's like, Oh, one for me. And he's like, ah, you can't handle it, buddy. I like that. <laughs> love it, <laughs> man. That's like a love letter to Chuck and Larry there. You, like I said, you've painted a movie that's different than the one that I remember. So it might be. As much as I choke on my words to say this might be worth it to go back and rewatch it. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> With but a see, different perspective. Yeah, exactly. And and that's that's uh, one of the reasons why I love that we found a movie that we both um, had different opinions on. Because again, like I, I value and respect everything that you have, like opinion-wise what you have to say. I think that's why we've become really good friends because yeah. 
there there are things that we we don't agree on, but we can find common ground, and and that's yeah. that's ultimately what I want to have with with more people. I wish more people would be willing to have those conversations. Well, and, I think what it is is like you bring Adam Sandler and Kevin James into the fold, and they're the uniting force. So what we need <laughs> is to to elect you know Kevin James as as president because we've seen him play that role in Pixels, and bring along Adam <laughs> Sandler as his running mate. I've um, actually never seen that movie. I've that was one of the movies when it came out. I was like on the fence about watching it. And oh, I can't wait to talk about Pixels then. Yeah, I have not seen it. It, it looks <laughs> interesting, but that's one of the movies that that, that I've, I've been sleeping on. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, let's flash forward a little bit. So, some of the the movies that I love the most from Kevin James were not the movies that were critically well received or even received well by audiences at first. But I don't know if it's softening having kids and you watch these movies together and it's just dumb jokes that you can laugh at. Um, but in 2011, he did Zookeeper, which, I mean, you watch the trailer for this thing and you've got talking animals. Um, Kevin James is goofy. It just doesn't seem to make any sense. You've got them doing the, the Ad- Apple Bottom Jeans song and you're just like, forget this. This is terrible. But when you watch the movie... Um, it's definitely a little bit different than that. And I think this one's really grown on me um, because the animals that are in it, it's not like Babe or, um, you know, Air Bud or something like that where it's cheesy and corny and over the top. Only Kevin James can actually hear these animals talking. They're not doing like weird, weird mouth things it's like or Dr. anything Dr. Doolittle like almost, right? Dr. Doolittle style. Um, and it only comes at this point um, a pivotal point in the movie where he needs to get the advice um, from them. A lot of Kevin James movies start this way, though, where it's like he's with the girl, everything's going great, and then a heartbreaking breakup. Um, that part, I feel, in this movie is a little bit forced because there's the relationship between him and Rosario Dawson that is, they've got amazing chemistry together. Rosario Dawson, she could play, you know, uh, the rat in Ratatouille and still be amazing, outstanding, stunning, just awesome. So she's on a whole nother level in this movie. Um, but then you've got the the ex-fiance who's trying to vie for him back. And that's where it gets a little bit frustrating because as he kind of gets sucked back into that, he turns into a total dick. You know, he's a car salesman at this point. He's left the zoo. Um you know, he's treating people like garbage. There's always a message that's baked into Kevin James movies, though. Sometimes they're a little bit more subtle. This one is is obvious. <laughs> it's, it's in your face. He's, you know, as a zookeeper, he's loving. He's taking care of these animals. The animals absolutely love him. He's making these conservation efforts. Um, he loves his job. And then everything kind of goes cataclysmic, cataclysmically wrong until it all gets repaired in mm-hmm. the end. Um, I love the sweetness in this movie. I love the comedy. I love some of the stupid scenes, like the taking the gorilla to Chili's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was one, like I said, in the trailer, I was just like, come on. But when you watch the movie, you're like, this is stupid fun. <laughs> See, and that's the thing with for, for me with that movie, I actually, I was completely focused on what you were saying because I don't even remember the plot of that movie. Um, I've only seen the movie maybe two or three times. And every time we watched it, we watched it with the kiddos. So 
for me, that movie was like one of those movies where it's like, cool, I can shut my brain off. I can just, you know, hang out with the family. We could watch a goofy movie and we can have a good time. Um, and for me, that's that's what that movie was. Um, and again, that's what I was saying, like the Chili's thing, just the, any scene with the gorilla, I loved. I, I love the gorilla in general. I love goofy movies like that every now and then. And again, it's one of those things where it, it allows me to tap in to being a kid again and, and just... yeah watching it from a kid's perspective like with my with my daughter and you know she's five so she, she don't know what the hell's going on she, she's a talking monkey and she's like oh wow awesome um <laughs> which is the same reaction i had watching them yeah Ooh, wow awesome. and i catch her trying to talk to the dog and stuff and i'm like baby girl sorry no matter how hard you try it's not gonna talk back to you uh trust me i, I would love for that to happen too and i'm 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 gonna be pushing 33 here soon but uh but yeah i i I'm gonna have to sit down and watch that movie again because again I don't remember the story very well, uh, but I do remember I did enjoy that movie purely based on the animals, just the yeah. the, the back and forth. Because um, is there's a small monkey in there too, isn't it? Uh, or, I think so. Um, like the friends monkey. Yeah, like you just. Yeah. I I I might be crossing another movie with it. I have to watch it again. Yeah. But uh, well, I'll and then you've got Sylvester Stallone. Time. Sylvester Stallone and Cher as the two lions, which is actually a lot of fun. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, man, I'm gonna have to go back and watch that movie again and actually pay attention to the story this time. <laughs> yeah, that one's that one's a lot of fun. And this came at a weird time in Hollywood where Kevin James sort of became Nicolas Cage of comedy movies mm-hmm. because you've got them just bang, 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 bang. He's done a lot of cartoons right around this time. Hotel Transylvania was spinning up. Then he just does a movie, movie, movie every single year. Grown Ups is spinning up around this time. Um, he's like the biggest comedy actor in Hollywood. He's trying to keep up with Kevin Hart. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Um, but he isn't like star material yet. You know, mm-hmm. Zookeeper was his first like lead role. Um, but I think, well, the next movie I want to talk about is my favorite movie uh, of his. Um, which comes in 2012, and R2 came for another visit, so that's good. <laughs> He's like, Kevin James, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Let's talk Kevin James. <laughs> Talking animals, perfect. <laughs> um, so the next movie I want to talk about, Here Comes the Boom, okay. totally went under the radar. I don't think that this one did very well at the box office. There's not a lot of... Um, cult following or, or real love for this movie that's out there and it actually took me until probably 2017 2018 to actually watch this one and when i did i was like holy crap i've actually been missing out on a good movie um you know there's still the background of kevin james is sort of this big dopey dude who does silly things and gets himself into weird situations but this one is there's a lot of heart in this movie and ironically it kind of comes out during the time that MMA is, you know, out of this world, everybody's watching UFC and MMA and boxing and um, Dana White's a huge star and Joe Rogan's becoming a huge star. Who's actually in this movie, Joe Rogan. Well, he even, uh, Joe Rogan even mentioned, I think, in one of his podcasts about this movie. Yeah. Uh, saying that Kevin James actually does train. So, like, he he knows... He knows what he's doing in, in that movie as far as, um, like, on a mixed martial arts uh, standpoint. I don't remember if it was boxing or actual MMA, but I know Joe Rogan touched on it and said that that uh, Kevin James does actually train. So, well, and he looks good in this movie. Like he's 
got his shirt off the majority of the time that he's fighting. Um, and he's obviously still a big guy. He looks like a heavyweight, but you know, he's got some pipes on him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Kevin James has referred to himself before as like uh, a fit fat guy, something like that, or, <laughs> or um, chunky and athletic, I think mm-hmm. is the way that, that he uses it, which I, again, I totally identify with. I'm like, yeah, that's, I can live that dream. He, he fits um, in the category of like Roy Nelson and Butterbean, you know, these really big dudes, uh, Tank yep. Abbott. They're just, they're, they're stocky dudes, but, <laughs> but, but they have power <laughs> for sure. The, the only thing that's super off putting in this one, he has his shirt off the whole time, but he's got this like orange fake tan going on. <laughs> Obviously, Kevin James is probably a lot like me when I go to the beach where I keep my t-shirt on. So I got the farmer's tan. Everything under this is just, you know, it's white. I've got the Canadian tan going on. Mm-hmm. So chances are he took off his shirt when they were putting this movie together. And they're like, we got to do something about that. <laughs> <laughs> we got a bit of a problem. You're going to blind audience. We got to so, do a little bit of Hollywood magic. <laughs> yeah. It's a little, it's a little unsightly. Make him look um, like a tangerine. <laughs> But I love this movie because there's so much heart in it. Henry Winkler's in this. The Fonz is in this um, and really plays a, a pivotal role. So the whole background behind it is is Kevin James plays a biology teacher and the school's in a bit of hot water and they need to cut some programs. So the first program that they're going to cut is the music program. And Henry Winkler just happens to be the music teacher. These two are buddies. Uh, and lo and behold, Henry Winkler is also having a baby, you know, the whole scene about like, Hey, you're a biology teacher. Can a 40, 48 year old woman still get pregnant? It's <laughs> 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 just like, Oh, that's, that's brilliant. You can see the fear in, in, in the character's eyes about, you know, be, it's like, how old are you? You're like, old. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like um, baby powders coming out of that thing, man. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so the whole premise behind this is, is, you know, Kevin James wants to save the music program at the school and becomes sort of an amateur boxer, turns into MMA. He's training, um, goes through the, through the, through the, um, rungs and, and makes his way into, you know, a Vegas style match. But the the fighting in this movie is definitely secondary. Like I think the whole purpose behind it was to make it um, a bit of homage to MMA and UFC at the time. But these characters and how they develop and and the sweetness that's there and and Kevin James isn't serious in this role, but it's a lot more serious than Zookeeper or um, Chuck and Larry. Mm-hmm. So it's it's neat to see him in, in that capacity. He carries this movie so well. And then I never was a huge POD fan, but when Here Comes the Boom or Boom comes on, <laughs> you're just like, this suits. This is perfect. Like, clearly they named the movie mm-hmm. with that song in mind. Yeah. But it, it also, just, puts, it, it also it, puts into perspective of how powerful music is um, and how it, it really can um, enhance a, a movie experience or just a viewing experience in general. Um, yeah. You know, a uh, little off topic, but that's one of the things that I showed my mom. I was like, one of the, my favorite things on YouTube is to get, uh, watch trailers of comedy trailers for comedy movies, but people who edit in horror music. Uh, and they <laughs> oh, turn, those are great. Yeah. They turn comedies into <laughs> horror, horror movies. Trailers. Yeah. Like uh, that's, it's so fun. And I told my mom, I was like, this is one of the reasons why I like being a musician. This is one of the reasons why I like seeing behind the scenes of how a lot of this stuff is created because 
you can really just you can mess with people's like emotions and and yeah. and, and really change the vibe of things and how people view something purely based on music purely based on a filter you know like my favorite one of those they did elf yeah i've seen that one that one's so i was like i want this movie to be real like a (laughs) horror version of elf because it is a little freaky when they get into the claymation world because you know that stuff's terrifying to begin with (laughs) i love that one (laughs) yeah man and then again here comes the uh, the boom is one of those movies that i i actually have to sit down and watch i've only seen parts of that movie um, but like, I know, I know of the movie. Cause again, like I said, I'm a Joe Rogan fan. So, uh, I know that he mentioned it on, on a podcast episode before. Um, so that's another one that I'm going to have to write down. I completely even forgot about that movie. Uh, when we were talking about, talking about Kevin James, completely forgot he did that movie. <laughs> well, and this was, this is another one. Uh, another teacher at the school just happens to be Selma Hayek and lo and behold, they're brought together. So dude gets Rosario Dawson and Selma Hayek, um, who he later stars with in uh, in Grown, Grown Ups. Up, yep. Adam Sandler gets his turn in that one. <laughs> Adam Sandler gets his turn in that one. He also has had Jessica Biel in the past. Like it's all sort of the same same group that sticks together. But all of them keep getting older, while while Selma Hayek keeps getting younger and yep. better looking. So she's aging um, like a fine wine. Oh, I think she's over fifty now, and it's just like man. What is in your water? Right? Because <laughs> <laughs> at 35, I'm like, ah, things are falling apart. Like, any any longer and, like, we'll just, you know, take I don't, me behind the barn. I turned 33 this month, man, and I told the wife, I was like, I'm going to probably start growing my hair back out. She's like, why? I was like, because I'm getting to that age where people see my hair the way it is right now, and they're like, you know, are you do you shave your head cause you're balding or, and I really just shave it cause I live in Texas and it's hot and I have thick hair. Yeah. And, uh, but I still, I need to appreciate my full, thick, beautiful locks while I can still have them before I go bald. <laughs> so I told her, I think I'm going to grow my hair out. I'm going to attempt it at least one more time. Uh, so I can, you know, look a little bit better, but I, I also like being bald because when I'm completely bald and I, I keep my face shaved, I don't look, as, as old you know i i look 30 at least um but when i start getting shaggy and i get the long hair i start looking a little bit older than i i think uh uh i am and so and then people start hitting me up thinking i'm a drug dealer for some reason when i have long hair but yeah well, i always remember people were uh were terrified of getting gray hair and my hairline hasn't been favorable to me since about college so i was like you know what if i get to the point where i start to get gray hairs and i still have hair to show that off it's like I'm in. That's great. Yeah. So I'm at that point now where I'm kind of getting the, the yep. salt and pepper on the sides and um, it's a bit dignifying, but at the See, same time, I'm like, that's... when do I get that uh, just for men comb in? Nah, man, I welcome <laughs> it. That's that's the whole thing for me is I, I think it, it makes men look more distinguished and uh, you know, I'm waiting for it to come in here so I can uh, start having it in the, because I, I do, I'm starting to get it on the sides here and, and yeah. you know, if I can get on the sides and on the facial hair, I'm all about that. Like, yeah, bring it on, man. I I, I don't shy away from that at all. (laughs) My beard comes in nice and thick and dark. Mm -hmm. So I think that that will probably help. As long as I don't get gray in my beard, um, growing my beard out might help preserve the youth a little bit longer. But it depends on who you ask. Some are like, oh, you look so much younger with the beard. And others are like, 
no, not, not everything. <laughs> so that's why every couple of months I grow it back and then I'm like, no, I'm good now. I'll shave it. And it's been like the hottest summer ever. So I noticed uh, that one I'm of your, in, in the trailers, I was looking at one of your older trailers and it's like literally from one week to the other, it's like full beard, no beard. Oh man, I forgot you had a beard. <laughs> it's literally the Santa Claus. You know, I shave in the morning by five o'clock. I look like this. Lucky. I can, I, I only grow underneath here, man. I can't get any on my cheeks. Oh, you get that fine neck beard. Yeah, buddy. I get that that whole um, you know, like I can put the fedora on and go uh, white knight people. So, well, this segment of basic ass dudes is brought to you by Gillette, not a sponsor <laughs> yet. Oh man, yeah. And- we said we'd talk about basic ass ass dude stuff, and <laughs> our first episode we digressed so much, so it only makes sense that this one we're going to do the same. Oh, yeah, definitely. You got to fall off a little bit and let the wheels yeah. fall off and put them back on and throw a little bit of duct tape on it and keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, let's keep going. We don't need to touch on every movie in uh, in Kevin James' repertoire, um, but you mentioned that you hadn't seen Pixels yet. Uh, yeah, so maybe as, we'll jump to that. Yeah, just looking at his list, uh, the only other one that I'd be really kind of able to talk about would be Grown Ups, uh, Grown Ups One and Two, and then of course uh, Paul Blart. Um, yes, so, and I think that one's going to be our pinnacle, so we want to save that one. Cool. Yeah. So if you want <laughs> to go crowning to, achievement, you want to go into Pixels. By all means, I'm all ears because, like I said, I have not seen that one. Well, this is another one I'll credit my kids with because I didn't care to watch this movie. I think at first when it's like, oh, it's a video game theme movie. You've got Adam Sandler and, and Kevin James in there. Oh, this is going to be hilarious. Um, and the guy um, who plays Olaf, I can never remember his name, uh, the actual actor's name. I, I know his face, but yeah, I don't know his. Gad. Anyway, something <laughs> Gad. Um, Josh Gad, maybe. I don't know. Um, but he's in there too. Um, but I, I really wasn't into the idea of this movie. And then, you know, as my kids started to get a little bit older, this one came out in 2015. Um, we probably watched it two, three years ago um, because they were starting to get into video games. And when you see the the poster with Pac-Man on it, mm-hmm. I made sure that they were playing Pac-Man and Galaga and Tetris and, and all those important games to us as, as youth um, before they moved into check Xbox. out the games I used to play. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it, but this game used to be in black and white. I remember um, my grandparents telling me about Jax. I was like, what's that? I'm about Pac-Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, that took a different direction. <laughs> so anyway, they were really into Pac-Man, and so this movie they, they saw on Netflix, and they are like, let's watch Pixels. And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, this one's so much fun. I, I, I didn't really want to mention the Kevin James movies where he's not really one of the main actors. This one's definitely an Adam, Adam Sandler joint. Kevin James though plays the president, which is kind of ironic. Um, you know, he goes from, from, you know, the chubby kid who gets picked on and stuff like that. Um, then flash forward, Adam Sandler's like a TV repairman. Uh, and then his best buddy just happens to be. Uh, President Cooper, hmm. which is played by Kevin James. So you don't get to see him a lot in, the, in this movie. I wouldn't say he makes or breaks this movie. There's certainly a couple fun scenes with him in it. Um, but just all in all, it's it's a lot of fun. There's a ton of video game goodness in there, whether it's Centipede or, or Asteroids or or Pac-Man, Galaga. It, it's homage to all of those. And because these guys, I mean, they're all 
20, 25 years older than us, but they would have grown up in um, the day of arcades. So you know that this is their love letter to the classic games, the things that we grew up with. Mm -hmm. So if you love video games, this is a fun movie to watch. Um, if you love Adam Sandler, Kevin James, or, or Josh Gad, also a fun movie to watch. Um, and it's one of those ones where you turn your mind off and you can just enjoy kind of a silly movie. Yeah, I was thinking about going to that movie kind of how I went into uh, um, Wreck-It Ralph. Like, uh. how, 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 many, um, how many references can I... Can I point out you know um, i still think wreck it ralph does a better job holistically especially in the second one ralph breaks the internet yeah um i actually might need really to love do a whole one. episode on that yeah i i love both <laughs> those movies um so I, I like anything that has game references which is why it's kind yeah. of funny that i haven't seen pixels um because even um that one movie um ready ready one one player one or? oh ready player one yeah like that one i love that one too so like any, that one surprised the hell out of me it's so good yeah like it's and then of course you know having a big 4k tv and watching it in 4k it's just i'm like i'm like i know that reference i know that reference and that <laughs> and my wife's looking at my me. favorite part of that movie as we digress it, <laughs> i'm a huge fan of the shining mm -hmm. so when they they go to the hotel it's just like this like that, that part made the movie for me where I was like, Oh, I really enjoy this. And then that scene happened. I was like, I love this. <laughs> we'll have to cover that movie too. Cause that, that movie Ugh. has a lot of fun references and it'll allow me to kind of sit down with a notepad and write stuff out as I watch it to kind of have talking points for that movie. <laughs> well, and it may surprise people too. Outside of comic books, I do not read. So, um, I know this was a novel and like most novels that become movies, people are like, well, the book is so much better. Okay. Well, I've never read the book. So the movie's actually really good. Same with Jurassic Park. I never need to go read the books. I've seen six Jurassic Park movies, uh, and at least three of them are good. So yeah, let's just, I'm just going to put that out there right now. I hate when people tell me that a book is better. It's like you enjoy your 20 something hours is going to take you to read that book. I want to watch it in two hours and be done and move on with my life. That's why totally. I like movies. And again, it's like, I understand like, um, reading books and stuff because I understand the, 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 the joy that you get from it because you can give these characters their own voices in your head and you can make, you can vision this world on your own. I completely get that. Um, but where I do that is with old school RPG games on old consoles where before voice acting was a thing on games, um, like a f old Final Fantasy or something. That's where I experiment with that. Like I'll give the characters <laughs> their own voice and stuff. But again, I'm a visual guy, so there's still visuals there. Um, Why can't I stop thinking about that scene from 40-Year-Old Virgin where he's playing Warhammer and he's like, I'll give you blue pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's just you with Final Fantasy. Exactly. Like I, I, there's, I mean, and that's why I, it, I'm glad you brought that up because I had a, a conversation with a, a friend of mine like that. It's like, look, I get the whole book thing, but you know, a movie is just Hollywood's version of it, and it's again, it's it's a, the director's vision. Sometimes I like to just sit down and see what somebody else's vision is. And I wish people would stop getting so mad when they read a book. Because again, when you read a book and you watch the movie, of course they're going to be different. Because you imagine the book with your own imagination. So the movie's not going to be exactly what you want it to be because it's what you think it should be versus what somebody else thinks it should be. So just enjoy their imagination uh, and their vision of the movie. And if you think your yours is better, then I tell you what. You go make it. Like, stop complaining. <laughs> go make your own movie. 
Um, it, it, it's it's just you know that's again off topic, but that's one of the reasons why I love Bill Burr because he kind of touches on stuff like that too. Um, but yeah, man, like anytime somebody tells me oh books so much better, I tone them out. I'm like, okay, that's <laughs> cool, you know. Um, yeah, and I'm just putting it out there. I couldn't get into Harry Potter. I tried the movies or the books. Yeah, well, I don't read. I read comic books. I'm like you. I read comic books. Yeah. <laughs> So it's like, yeah, if Harry Potter was a comic book, I might be tempted to read it. I I started with the movies and and didn't do the books. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love the movies, but I guess that's probably an episode all in it of itself. Oh yeah, if you want to do an episode, we could totally do an episode because um, I guess you could school me on that. I tried. I got through like <laughs> the first three movies, and I bought her the box set. Uh, my my wife the box. I said her like everybody knows what I'm talking about. I bought my wife the box set. <laughs> Uh, um, she's just around the corner yeah. isn't she? <laughs> she's in, hi I, I bought her uh, uh, the blu-ray box set of all the movies and uh yeah i tried watching it with her and um you know i i i'm sorry i lean more towards the lord of the rings i guess um but uh, well a little known fact um voldemort's actually played by kevin james uh, really are you pulling my <laughs> no. oh okay i don't <laughs> I don't even know. I figured I'd just bookend that somehow. I don't even remember the characters' names, so like that's why I'm like, really? Is he in there? I have to go back and look. I don't know. I don't know any of the characters. Voldemort's the main bad guy, right? Is that the dude with that nose? Yeah, a Squidworth. (laughs) (laughs) So so, yeah, sorry, I completely went jump ship here and and went off went off off uh, the track here, but. Well, you can tell that, that we're starting to wind down and, and getting ready for the final one because, yeah, we keep going keep going <laughs> off track. So why don't we bring it, bring it home and talk about what has been snubbed by the Oscars for far too long, <laughs> Paul Blart, Mall Cop 1 and 2. Well, I haven't seen the second one, but I have. Blows my mind. I have seen the first one. Um, and I will say I like the first one. Again, just because it it it's it's so Kevin James, you know what I mean? Like it that character is Kevin James, um, but also I like it because I like the villains that are in it. They got real pro skaters to 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 play. Yeah, they got Jason Ellis in there. Yeah, and then they got uh, Mike. V- I always fuck his last name up, but I'm just gonna call him Mike V. Uh, pro skaters or fans out there know who he is. Mike Vallali, Mike Vallali. Uh He's in it as well, um, and. If you don't know who he is, he is the guy that on YouTube many, many years ago, there's a video out there, if you look, of him beating up a bunch of kids, like teenage dudes, like in the parking lot. It's in black and white, and he's surrounded by them, and he's like swinging on them. That's what he's known for. He's a violent dude. Um, <laughs> but in this movie, he's got long blonde hair, He's and and but he's he's a cool skater, but I've always loved him because he's just no filtered, raw. He just, he, he just wants to skate, man. Um, so to see... Them as the bad guys was was fun. Um, I like the fact that he's his his uh, his crutch is diabetes. Like that's the thing that like <laughs> kind of ruins him. Like he that's was, his kryptonite. Yeah, like he was doing great and like um, for like the whole cop stuff. And the one thing that stopped him wasn't that he was fat. No, it was that he had diabetes, which could be because he was fat. But still. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, it's just one of those movies where you suspend belief because the premise is really stupid that a group of skateboarders are going to hijack the mall and then you've got a mall cop on a Segway who's going to, you know, save the day. That he drives from his house, by the way. Like, he doesn't drive a car. <laughs> He's so glued to that Segway, he goes from home to work on it. Like, come on, man. <laughs> 
I just, uh, I love this character. I love, he just has fun with it. Like, can you imagine how fun it would be on, on the set for that movie? Mm-hmm. Just a blast. And the second one, um, which I'm, I might actually put as, as a little bit higher than the first one for me, maybe because we've watched it a lot more. The kids really like that one. Um, they're in Las Vegas. So oh. you've already got the background of Las Vegas. You got the whole casino setting. Um, he's such a law abiding citizen and he's so, you know, as goofy as he is, he, he tries to do the right thing at all times. Uh, was so he stopped off got, bank heist or what? <laughs> Uh, the, they're, yeah, trying to take over the, or, or clean out the casino essentially oh, okay. in this one. Um, <laughs> his daughter gets, gets kidnapped and, and, um, just a whole bunch of, of that. There's a, a really funny scene where the diabetes kicks in and, and he's essentially crawling to get a drop of ice cream that brings him back up. So um, he's essentially then, a goofy version of Liam Neeson. From Taken, yeah, in Paul Blart. Oh, this is the Taken movie I always wanted. Oh, that man. sums that up. Yeah, Paul Blart is uh, is Taken. <laughs> he's 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 better than Liam Neeson. He he's got a certain set of skills too, but it's not CIA skills. It's a donut yeah. eating contest skill and, and fanny pack. He's yeah. got the, the the Hawaiian shirt and fanny pack, uh, shorts, sandals, socks. Oh man, just dadded out in this movie. Um, gets into a fight with a bird. That that scene's a lot of fun. Um, I know that you haven't seen the second one, but there's a, a a scene where he essentially goes outside to get a bit of fresh air, and this bird is is having none of it. Um, and while this guy's just playing the piano, this bird is just going ape shit, which it's so fun. It's so funny. It's just turn your brain off and have a good laugh. Cause I think for, for so many of us that are movie nuts that really dissect movies, get into movies, love movies. Um, you know, there's, there's a bit of that, that critique that you need to give it. There's a bit of, Oh, I would have done the cinematography different. Screw that. This is like a comic book coloring book, uh, a Plato movie that they put out there. Um, doesn't have a massive budget, doesn't have huge star power, isn't good on paper. And it's just, it's so friggin' fun. I would go see a million Paul Blart movies <laughs> probably before that. I would ever enjoy like Les Miserables. I don't know what the hell you just said right now, <laughs> <laughs> but see that, that I, th- I think that's the thing with, with, that separates people like when they watch movies. Um, I think you have to go into certain movies knowing that like, Hey, um, this isn't going to take a lot of brain power to watch. This is a movie that's pure enjoyment. It's entertainment, you know, go in with that mindset and have fun with it. Um, Yeah. You know, it's not meant to be sunk into the real world. You're not meant to logically try to be like, well, that doesn't make sense. Cause I mean, and I think that's one of the reasons why I think I get so like frustrated with people who shit on these type of movies because it's like a lot of times I'll laugh because they'll shit on this movie, yet they'll go watch some action movie where a guy has a 15-round magazine and he's shooting like 30 bullets and it's like he never reloads. It's like, okay, so you'll believe that or you'll see watch a movie of a car getting completely destroyed and still able to run somehow, but you don't want to watch a fat dude that has diabetes that takes on a bank heist. Like, 
that that's 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 where you draw your line like all right okay cool oh wait hold on so you'll watch dragons flying around but you won't believe a fat guy on a segway can stop a bunch of skaters okay <laughs> like <laughs> I, I think people need to go in and, and, and understand the, the movie that they're gonna go watch and 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 know you know from a logical standpoint do i need to turn my brain off or do i need to dissect the, the film and i think with kevin Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say there's a lot to be said for movies that know what they are and they don't try and and lead you otherwise. Mm-hmm. I think the Fast and the Furious franchise is a great example of this because the first what two or three movies it takes itself a little bit too seriously, but then all of a sudden you've got um, them just blowing stuff up and it turns into a full scale action movie. You've got The Rock in there, you know, doing what The Rock does. Um, you know, Vin Diesel talking about family. Um, they know that they are not what they started off as, but they are hella successful now in comparison. And it's funny you mentioned Fast and Furious because I've thought about wanting to do an episode of of that franchise as a whole. Because when it comes down to it, the only movies in that franchise that I watch um, is the first one and the fourth one. Um, I think that those are the only two that should have been made. Uh, the fourth one should have been the original Second one, uh, I can do without Too Fast, Too Furious. I could do without Tokyo Drift, even though I know that still though Tokyo Drift links the 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 story arc uh, in a way. Um, but the first and the fourth one, I think, are the only ones that are worth watching. As far as what I liked Fast and the Furious for when it first came out, which was about the cars, that's what it was about. Um, and then they took it and they made it a huge mess. So yeah. I definitely want to do an episode about that. So I, I, I'm <laughs> curious to see what your take is on that. I'm curious to see what people watching will, t- how they'll take my view on that. Because again, it was about the cars for me. First and fourth one do that. Um, and then they get, I, I stopped watching, I think at fast five or fast six. I think is when I stopped. I'm gonna have a lot of movies to catch up on because I'm gonna be honest with you. I've seen about four minutes of a of a Fast and the Furious movie. The first one and fourth one, I would tell you, just watch those. You don't have to watch the other <laughs> ones. Like I'll, I'll I'll help you dissect the other ones. Just watch the first and fourth one, and then when we t- actually talk about the other movies, you'll be like, oh yeah, okay, I get it. I feel like I have the first one on my DVD shelf. It wasn't mine. It was my wife's when we combined our collections. Uh, so I know I have that one around, but the others, maybe not as much. I'm sure that I can find them though. Michelle Rodriguez is, she's prime in that movie. Oh, <laughs> that first one, like she's, cause she's so young too. She's like probably in her early twenties in that movie. And, um, and again, it's one I'm of glad those that you said that cause that started to get a little creepy. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> she, that movie also is one of those movies that, um, you know, Vin Diesel seems a lot bigger than he actually is. Um, cause when you see him next to the rock, that's movie magic. Dude's only like five, eight and he looks yeah. bigger than he is in the first one. But as you start introducing characters that are actually six, five, six, six next to Mr. Five, eight, uh, you, <laughs> you get to see the, the maybe dynamic. that's why him and the rock are, are feuding so much and they can't even be in the same room together. Yeah. Cause Vin Diesel's like, yeah, I have to really look up. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the Kevin J or Kevin Hart to, uh, to the rock. Oh yeah, definitely. Except yeah. he's got more muscles. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Kevin Hart is pretty ripped. Yeah. Well, he has been here recently. He's been, he's been taking that stuff super seriously lately, but, um, he's another one. I feel like Kevin Hart and Kevin James in a way, um, are kind of similar, bringing it back to Kevin James in the sense that yeah. I think Kevin Hart has, he has a loyal following. Um, 
But I think Kevin Hart's problem is that he doesn't know how to say no. So he'll pretty much take anything. Um, so there are a few movies that are kind of a hit and miss um, with him. And that's I, th- I feel like that's where him and Kevin James kind of, they, they towed that same line. Um, yeah. But he, he just, he, I guess where Kevin James has Adam Sandler to help bring up the star power, Kevin Hart gets The Rock, which, I mean, highest paid actor in Hollywood is going to do a lot for your career. Yeah. The new Kevin Hart movie that's on Netflix, I want to say it's called Father's Day, may actually be one of my favorite Kevin Hart movies. I was going to watch that. I haven't watched it yet. So you you recommend uh, it? <laughs> it's good. Um, you know, I know that we're tough basic ass dudes, but but keep the tissues close by. Oh man, I'm a sucker for I'm a sucker for rom-coms <laughs> and and the soft stuff. I um yeah, like I said, I cried I cried a lot during Sons of Anarchy. So uh, and those are supposed to be tough biker dudes, and it still got me teary-eyed. And I'm, yeah. I'm going to break you, damn it. You're going to watch that show one of these days. I'm going to break you. <laughs> I I will get to it at <laughs> some point. I, I definitely say when you put the kids down, man, and you and your wife are about to start looking for something to watch, just watch the first two episodes. If it doesn't hook you by then, then I will respect your decision to say it's not for me. But you got to watch the first two episodes. <laughs> Well, I think we talked about a lot of things, um, not Kevin James, and a lot of things <laughs> Kevin James, and people are probably sick of hearing the name Kevin being thrown around because we've said Kevin probably. We need to do a Kevin count. When you're <laughs> editing this, can you do a Kevin count? Okay, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm sure we've said Kevin uh, at least 200 times. I'll have it flash on the screen right now. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Um, just going to want to leave off... Uh, one thing, if people haven't watched it, I know there's, if you're like me and you love King of Queens, he came back with Leah Remini, Remini and he did Kevin Can Wait. That show got canceled. Um, I never really got into that one, but his newest show uh, on Netflix, which is, why can't I remember it? Uh, he, he's in the pit crew. Um, oh, yeah. Um, dude, how do we not mention that? Yeah, hold on. I know, right? That show is funny as shit. It's so well done. Um, it's a little bit reminiscent of, um, uh, here I am drawing a blank again. Is it Last Man Standing? With, with Tim, Tim Allen? Allen? Yeah. I, I was just yeah. about to say it. Yeah. It's- and like that show was so good for the first three seasons. Um, I, I find that there's a lot of similarity in there. Uh, and I just thought it was really well done for a Netflix sitcom which netflix kind of struggles with finding the right formula there the thing about it was when i started watching that i was scared to really get into it because it's called the crew it's called the crew this will get canceled yeah i I don't want to (laughs) watch i'm I'm really on the fence about trying to get into sitcoms on netflix because they do one season two seasons and then it's gone Um, but this the show is called the crew uh that's what it's called it's on netflix um but yeah it's it's a great kevin james sitcom and you know you're right it, it it follows kind of the same path as last man standing with tim allen except in this one instead of him owning a, a bass pro shop he owns uh or he's part of a, a a nascar um group and man i can't believe we forgot about the show because i i was <laughs> i love that show me like when i i have my mom come over and i cook dinner sometimes that's one of the shows that we'll we'll throw on just to kind of watch and i, I like the dynamic of the characters, the uh, yeah. the bla- the older black guy, um, the the veteran of of the yeah. garage, he's my favorite. He's he's hilarious, and the dynamic that he has between him and Kevin James, uh, he's just one of those workers that like 
everywhere I've worked, there's always that guy. And who's been around so long that he, it's either too expensive to get rid of him or people are just like, hey, he can say all the dumb shit he wants. Yeah. He's, he's kind of protected. Yeah, he's almost like he's got tenure, but not really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love this one. And, and I think the thing that actually makes it really good for me, I don't like NASCAR. I, may, I know that may be an unpopular opinion. I'm from Texas um, and I don't either, so don't, don't feel bad. Right, like <laughs> I, I just don't get the appeal. Um, there's zero racing in this. Uh, or very little racing. You're not watching a, a sitcom that's, it's revolving around racing, but it's the pit crew. It's mm-hmm. the crew of, of the racers. So it's all so the behind the scenes stuff. You don't really yeah. see like NASCAR, like indie day. It's just, which the behind the scenes stuff actually seems a little bit more interesting because they do kind of go into the business of how these cars operate, how the drivers are treated, how sponsorships happen. It's very loose, but mm-hmm. I really like seeing that side of it. And of course it's funny. It's got Kevin James in it. He's rocking the shaved head like you. I think it looks really good on him. Um, so yeah, I love all things about that show. The crew. He is, uh, he is one of those guys that can pull off his, his head is shaped proportionally <laughs> That he can pull off the ball head, like you're For right. Sure. He, he 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 looks younger actually, uh, with the ball bald head, and he looks uh, yeah. Dare I say almost more intimidating, just because he just he can rock that that ball head. He doesn't look like your normal, like, goofy nerdy ball. I mean, dad type. He 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 looks yeah. like a rugged dude. Like NASCAR fits him in, in that show, and I and I think you're right. I think that ball head really kind of really sets that tone <laughs> totally well yeah check that one out if you haven't uh if you haven't watched that one on netflix that one's the crew hopefully you've checked out all of these movies or maybe you have a very uh drastic different uh, opinion than joseph and i on uh on kevin james and his movies or you've got a different favorite movie that maybe we didn't mention i know there's a few films that he's done becky's one of them um it's quite high rated i haven't watched that um, but I think I will. So I know that one uh, down in the comments, people will probably be like, why didn't you talk about Becky? I also want to mention, we it. didn't talk about grownups, but that movie is so like, it's the most popular one. So I'm sure people yeah. already know about that one, but I mean, yeah. And he's, he's supporting in that. Yeah. He's not a main um, character. So yeah. I mean, we touched on pixels and he's, he plays less of a role in that than he does in grownups. But, <laughs> um, yeah. Thought this one would be a fun topic and, and maybe we'll have to do some, uh, some more actor spotlights in the future. Definitely. I have a few, um, in my, my head. And like I said, I, um, little behind the scenes guys, my phone is my lifeline to all that is music podcasting and everything. So anytime I get an idea, it's actually in my phone. So there are a few actors that I have in there that are um, highlighted that are again, kind of left field. Um, I like the idea of us talking about somebody who, um, dare I say is underrated, um, maybe not appreciated. I, I just had Christopher Walken pop into my mind, not because he's underappreciated, but I think some of the films that he's done, um, have been super underrated. So yeah, so we might have to keep. I'm definitely, um, down to do more, more spotlight. And again, if you're watching this too, if there's, there's an actor that you'd like us to talk about, um, you know, leave it down in the comments and maybe 
who knows? Maybe we'll do an episode around that that actor, <laughs> whether we love him or hate him. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I should mention too. By now, um, by the time this episode is airing, we should be on all podcast platforms. But you don't necessarily have to watch us on YouTube. I know that we're incredibly handsome. Uh, you've got Will Smith and uh, Kevin James here. Um, we're incredibly handsome and easy to watch. But if you don't have time to sit down and watch. Uh, YouTube video, then you can now listen to us. Uh, as of today, we're on Spotify. As of when this episode airs, we should be on all all listening platforms. So make sure you follow us on social media. Um, follow us, obviously, on Spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. On Apple Podcasts, leave us a, a review saying how amazing we are, because uh, that helps out quite a bit, too. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, and also, before we get into the telling of the show... I wanted to take a moment because I did promise my buddy that I was going to do this. So um, I want to apologize that I'm doing it on your episode. But <laughs> I, No, it's I, all good, man. It sounds really cool. Yeah, he's a, he's a buddy of mine. So I do play phone games occasionally. And uh, I, I happen to play one where I'm part of an alliance. And uh, I'm one of the higher ranking people in the alliance. I was there watching the alliance grow. So shout out to GCP. Uh, they know who they are. Um, but yeah, I was the diplomat. Um, I said was because I have recently left the Alliance and I'm out actually trying to um, build community. I'm <laughs> Not only do I do it in my real life, but in my games, I do it as well. I'm out. I'm, I've joined another Alliance trying to build uh, a friendship so we can have border buddies and be able to protect us. We're in a Chinese server, so uh, the English speakers are hard to find. Um, we're in a server that's dominated by Chinese. And so the smaller alliances are typically American or even Canadian. Um, so I'm trying to, to bridge everything together <laughs> to make us stronger. But one of my buddies from there, um, he lives in Indonesia and, uh, he is a photographer and he has a job that he just recently lost. I think it might've been due to COVID. Um, not quite sure, but I know he's trying to get uh, another job. He's in the interview process, so I want to wish him good luck on that. But he also is an artist, a uh, photographer. And so he has a uh, his art on fineartamerica.com. I'll leave a, a link down in the description. Um, his name is Eric Lagman. Um, I will try to put his actual link so you can go directly to him so you don't have to search him. Uh, but if that link doesn't work, his name is Eric with a K Lagman. L-A-G-M-A-N, and he sells art prints. So he takes pictures of Indonesia, uh, different parts of, of his country, and he's got a, a badass eye, man. I went and I checked out his uh, his website and I uh, was looking at some of the pictures that he's taken. High resolution, beautiful, like, um, sceneries. And, like, he took some of just, like, the city of where he's at and stuff. And he's got – he's one of those guys that he has the eye for photography, man. So I'll leave a link down in the description. Go check it out. And if you like one of his art pieces, by all means, uh, show some love and support and, and purchase one of his, his things. I think he puts them on canvases. You can get them on a T-shirt, pillows, all kinds of stuff. But, uh, yeah, I'll leave a little link down in the description for you. That's awesome, man. I have to check that out. I love uh, – I've never been to Indonesia, but I love – you know, any nature shows, travel shows about uh, about Indonesia. It's so cool. It's a beautiful place. Yeah, the, and like I said, the, 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 some of the, the pictures he got, like, I didn't even know, like, 
<laughs> this may sound bad, but I didn't know Indonesia was that beautiful. Like some of the landscapes that he takes, like it, they're just beautiful landscapes. I mean, oh man, that's like, I feel like I'm there. Like it's, it's cool, especially living in Texas where we're, we live in a flat state. So like everything is just flat. It's nice to see a little bit of a, a, a depth. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it doesn't have to be one level <laughs> yeah i don't have to see miles and miles and then just see the sun there there it is <laughs> well that's awesome dude yeah make sure you put that link in there uh if you're listening check out eric legman that's super cool yes yes sir and and um you know just thanks for, for tuning in we have a lot of plans me and nolan are staying in touch with each other um, about stuff and we have a lot of plans for the show we're really excited to continue making great content for you guys and uh, i know we've done two movie ones back to back but we have some plans to talk music we have some plans to talk video games so um yeah just be ready man it's it's gonna get crazy <laughs> i'm excited and you've done such a great job uh, uh tracking down artists because we like to feature an artist at the uh, the end of our show to just kind of support some of the artists that we love and some independent music and and um we've, we're doing the playlist now so there is a a bad playlist on spotify that you can check out and we'll put songs from the artists that we uh, we have on the show in there um you had disconnected souls last time love those guys uh i'm actually interviewing them next week nice um and they they should be on uh, every podcast i love is dead near the beginning middle of of september we'll showcase them on there um this week i i got to pick the artist uh and i'm going back uh a little while because on every podcast i love is dead i had the opportunity to enter this interview this band finding aurora um these guys absolutely rock when they were on my show that was back in may episode 19 um I had heard their new single called The Last Call, which it's just a rock and roll tune. And I think it's so hard nowadays to find bands that aren't afraid to just rock. And it's not, there's not a lot of effects that are there. There's no vocal, um, you know, synthesizers or anything like that. This is just a rock and roll band. Um, they are a ton of fun, really great. They just released their new single, Kick Around, which is fantastic. You had compared it to uh, to the Foo Fighters, which is really cool. I think they draw a lot of inspiration from the band. Um, this is a four-piece. They're in um, Newport, Wales. Uh, so they're over in the UK. They're made up of drummer Nick Williams, bass player Luke Simmons. The newest member of the band is their guitarist uh, Lloyd Flower. And then their vocalist and guitarist uh, Samuel Wagner Jenkins. So if you're a fan of Royal Blood, Queens of the Stone Age, Foo Fighters, or even like ACDC and some of that classic rock and roll, you are going to love Finding Aurora. And uh, we've got Kick Around for you. Friends. 